Yeah, dude. My buddy Cody and I, man, we had ourselves one hell of a Sunday. Woke up at 5 a.m., had a little morning call. You know what I'm talking about. Little Lucky Charms action. Cody came and picked me up. We drove out mm. to Kentucky, had a 7.30 tea time and nine holes. Wow. Cherry Blossom. Wow. Strolled through that, had a lot of fun from there. We said, man, we just cruised through that first nine. Let's try to turn 18. Unfortunately, they were booked up. So we said, all right, screw it, man. We'll just drive over to the tournament. Started driving, found this little Muni, went and played another nine holes at this Muni. Oh, my God. Just played so a casual 18, 18 before going to the Got a casual, Barbasol? fresh 18. Yeah, casual, fresh 18 across two, uh, two courses and then on to the Barbie. Wow, man. Went That's to the Barbasol the- Championship. Welcome to Good Lies Golf. I'm Ryan Sherman, and I haven't played around this week. A little bummed about it, but Sunday, hopefully I get out there, hit the sticks around. Then across the way, we got Zach Grossman, who's no longer a hooker. Does not hook anymore professionally. He now hits the ball straight as fuck. Zach, congratulations. And then we have Brendan. Hot off going to the Barbasol Championship this past weekend. Got to see some incredible professionals play. Bringing that energy and that spirit up for the Open. Another week where the boys from Good Lies Golf. Cheers. Brendan now with his second PGA tournament under his belt in a very brief amount of time. Congratulations, Brendan. Yeah, man, the Barbie. Uh, it was pretty sweet. I can't, I can't lie. It definitely doesn't hold up to, you know, Mirfield and the Memorial. That's just on a whole another level. But, true. you know, the, ex- the experience was sick. And just the whole day that my buddy and I had was just awesome. I mean, getting out there, waking up early, driving down, playing 18 holes, and then going to the tournament. It's something that we said that we're probably going to just do again next year and make it a little bit of a tradition. I think they have like a five-year contract at that course. So we have a few more years that we can hit it up and play 18 and see a PGA tournament. So definitely going to do that again. But, dude, we saw a lot of good shit. We got there right when the leaders – of the tournament about to make the turn. So we watched them play the uh, eighth green came across onto the par three, nine. And then we followed them from there on all the way to about the 15th hole. And then from there, we decided to kind of skip forward a little bit, get a nice spot for the 18th. So we were right there on the green uh, when Trey Mullinex came through and, and hit that birdie putt to win it, which was just fucking sweet to be wow. honest. It was really, it was awesome that it just like, came full circle right to that moment and, and we got to witness it so that was pretty sweet incredible and you posted that to the golf page too thank you for that i mean you, you posted incredible content that's live footage <laughs> man i'm just i'm stoked that i was with my buddy because my my phone died so i was oh. getting ready to shout was, out to uh, doogie <laughs> yeah i think i was taking a video of it might have been Streelman's approach shot on 18 from a distance because we were at the green. So I pulled up my phone, and it was pretty funny because a guy that was standing next to me was like, oh, shit, like moving out of the way for me. 
And I was like, oh, no, it's cool. My phone just died. So <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Don't get out of the way. My phone's dead now. I look like a yeah. jackass. As, yeah. as, a yeah, golfer, exactly. as a golfer, you can't really get a better day than playing 18 holes on a Sunday and then going to watch the back nine of a tour event. The final back nine. The final back nine to see the pressure and see all those guys grinding it out and yeah. performing under pressure like Trey did. That's impressive. Pumping into his veins. Yeah. Oh, man, Brendan is addicted. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I am. That's for sure. But no, to your point, Zach, like we literally couldn't have written it any better. Being able to see basically Streelman and Trey Molinax just duel it out for, you know, the whole back nine. I remember seeing Streelman, you know, he, he ends up birding. I think it was hole 10 to tie it up. And then you have also outside of them, Mark Hubbard is playing in the group just ahead of them. He shoots the low round of the day, seven under to move to T3. A couple of his shots were the best that I've seen. And it was the best moments of the tournament, to be honest. So I saw him on the par 513th hit driver off the deck to within 15 feet and make the eagle putt. I respect that so much. People can sit there and talk shit about driver off the deck, but even Brendan, when we golfed in that tournament in Apple Valley a few weeks ago, one of the older golfers we were with, Dave, legend, what was his handicap, Brendan? Like a seven? The guy's like 70 years old, like just crushes golf. Yeah, he's 70 years old. I I think he had like a four or five handicap. Oh, four or five. Like even better. Like just such a great golfer. And he's telling me, I have this one shot, and I'm like lined up all fucked up, like under some trees, and he's like, Hit a driver off the deck. And I'm like, oh my God. What? 70 year old is giving you that advice. I'm like, what? He's That's like, yeah. Because so I told him I didn't give a shit about the driver. It was one I was going to like break and throw in a lake anyway. So I didn't give a shit. I was like, okay, cool. Driver off the deck. Pulled the driver off the deck. Did exactly what he told me it was going to do. I took like a, like a little kind of wacky swing at it and it just kept low and just like flopped around these trees and just was the most perfect shot I needed for that moment. That's no, the no ex- shame. That's the extent of our name. It's shortened to good lies, but it's actually when you have good lies, driver off the deck. <laughs> exactly. There you go. When you have good lies, driver off the deck. Fuck a fairway always, wood. Always driver off the deck. Never <laughs> driver off the deck and only putter. Only putter. Only Texas wedge. I'm sure there's some guy out there that's eventually going to join the PGA Tour one day and only use his driver and putter. I'm sure there's going to be one guy that does it, that cracks the mold. One guy. All it takes is one. Driver and putter are your most important clubs in your bag. Amateurs don't understand that. <laughs> Practice your te- the way you begin and the way you end. Right. Maybe There's going to be something ridiculous. Born in the swamp, only with one driver and one putter, and he's just a savant. A savant. A savant of the game. I love that. That's a, I wish we're just like predicting a scenario that's going to happen in the near future. And Brendan just getting to experience it all. Barbasol. Legend. Yeah, it was pretty sick, man. And, and you were talking about near future. Well, let's talk about the near future right now in real time. So Trey Mullinex, right, ends up winning the uh, Barbie with a birdie on 18, punches his ticket to the open. Can't write it up any better than that, man. But the Barbasol wasn't the only thing happening this past weekend. We also had the Scottish Open, which is what we covered on last week's podcast. And our boy, Xander Shoffley, just coming in hot, saying, you know what? I'm just going to start throwing my hat in the ring and looking like the new Scotty Scheffler, and I'm going to win three times in a row. 
last three times I get out there, even though the Pro-Am, I guess, technically didn't count. Zach pointed out earlier, but... Incredible yeah. run for Xander. Look at him. And against the best players in the world, sharpening the knives. Yeah, look at that. I mean, come on. 14 one of the, out of the best 15, and you and you just smoke them all like it's nothing. One of the most stacked fields, tough conditions, great prep for this coming week. And he, three he, in a row. I mean... He's a must in the lineup this week, you think? I think he's a must. Yeah. I don't see how he's not a top 10. He's coming into this week in such great form. You can't have anything but pure confidence. And from what I've seen, the the Scottish fans love Xander. At the at the open this past week, yeah. There were guys who had his had his shirt on, were screaming his name, and he's such an endearing guy. American international, whatever. Yeah. He's just a guy that all these people want to root for. He's got such a fluid swing, even keel. How do you not? I mean, he's got class. He's win. funny. He's not like a jerk. He's, he's just like a very great golfer that has good spirit to him. That's He's like a true indication of the game. Very charismatic. Yeah. And, and that's going to help this week. I mean, he's, he's going to need all of that to be in a crowded field of incredible golfers in this historic course. I mean, he's going to need some of that carryover energy from the Scottish Open and those vibes. I think he'll get some love on the course for sure. Yeah, he has a little bit of a Tom Watson vibe to him. Ooh. And Tom Watson loves the Open. He's yeah. a big British Open guy. I believe he won it five times. Mm. Mm. And he's very young. He's got a bop to him. And Tom Watson was the same way. Yeah. That grin, that way he endeared himself to the crowd. He plays into it a lot, for sure. Yeah. He likes it. You can tell he likes it. He's all about it. Absolutely. Yeah, man. It was just crazy at the Scottish Open how much weather dictated the outcome. I mean, you had Cameron Tringale go out early first round, you know, one of the AMT times and, and shoots nine under. And then here we are sitting after the fact of the whole tournament and the winner's at seven under. Right, so it just shows how difficult the conditions and the wind picked up uh, over the course of time, and it really happened right at those uh, those afternoon tea times um, on the first round. So it, it's just it's crazy, man. And we're going to see that this week too, how the conditions are going to dictate score. For sure, absolutely. Yeah, it looks like we got some rain coming in. Yeah, early in the week, early in the rounds, Thursday, Friday. So and now be on the right end of that. Yeah, and, and and like we were saying with the Scottish, it was just such rough, I mean, conditions. I mean, it really, people were getting beat on. I felt like all of our picks got destroyed. I mean, we did not have a good week collectively. Yeah, Let's tough, all address that. Tough we had week a for good lies. Tough week for good lies golf. Our saddest week yet on record with our picks, but. We topped, you know, we topped our <clears throat> driver off the deck. Yeah, we topped. Yeah. And now we get a redemption hey. this week, because I feel like one bad week, we only had, this has been our first real bad week, so I think we're. Oh, in for man. a big redemption. You called two winners back to back weeks. I feel like they had the uh, the viewers eh, have one, to have con one winner, one runner up, but turned out to win. But yeah, same principle. Yeah. All right. Sure. Either either way, I'd say really I'd mm -hmm. say as a whole, it's not that our picks did that terribly. A number of the guys that missed the cut were on the bad end of that that first round, playing in the afternoon. Right. If you shoot over par when you know the first half of the field is sitting at nine under five under six under and you shoot two over not that you had a terrible round but you're way behind the eight ball to start right there it's a good point yeah it's a really this, good point weather wise yeah these events 
overseas, especially in Ireland, Scotland, UK, the draw matters probably twice as much as it does here. Sure. Or as it does in events like the US Open or PGA or Masters where you don't get the same type of unpredictable weather pattern. Yeah. Absolutely. Can just roll in out of nowhere and you're you're totally screwed. I mean, and not even to mention the weather. Yeah. I mean, aside from the weather, I mean, just alone from the field. I mean, the Scottish Open, just like the Open this week, the Scottish was top players. It's not like you're playing against a bunch of scrubs. You don't have that leeway of missing that shot or making that mistake. You fuck up one hole and that's you're done. You're yeah, out, there's you're out of the board. You know? Thirty guys bring, breathing down your neck. Yeah, there's no leeway. Whereas in another tournament, you might have a little bit more leeway. A Barbasol or whatever, John Deere or whatever, you might have a little bit more leeway. But when you're talking a, a major, there's zero leeway. You have all players breathing down your neck, trying to win. Everybody's hungry. Everybody wants to win the major. It's not like one of those weeks where you know not winning is not optional. It's like no, I came here to win. I didn't come in here to come in second. Right. It's a yeah, major mentality. For sure. Yeah, I, I do want to give a little shout out uh, to your boy, Zach. Doug Gim, man. Coming with a T-16. Mr. Gim. Doug Gim doing a redemption. He was round. up there for a while. I Crushed loved, it. He loved was. Doug. Good for him. He's based out of Vegas. He plays at Southern Highlands. And to be at a course like that where you're getting good weather, it's hot all the time, and to come across seas and prove yourself in – these types of mutter conditions that speaks a lot about his grit and his ability to play with versatility. Sure. Absolutely. I would say that makes you a hundred percent more versatile. If you can come from a atmosphere where you're so comfortable and then you get thrown some bad weather and you're still golfing like that against a field that's absolutely stacked everybody in your face. I mean, that's, that takes guts, especially yeah. to kind of stick yep. it out too in a bad weather situation. Doug's proven himself on the, on the highest level. Absolutely. He is. He's yeah, knocking sure. on the door. He's going to win here soon. Oh, yeah. It's, it's coming. For sure. I, I just hope it's one of those weeks that we have him. Absolutely. Yes. I hope it's a week we pick him. <laughs> yeah, and just, you know, looking at back at the leaderboard, we obviously have a bunch of big names that fell within, you know, top 15, top 16. That we'll end up seeing this week. But two guys that I wanted to give a call out and a shout out to, finished number two and number three. You got Kurt Kitayama and Juhong Kim. Those guys are going to be in the field this week at a very, very low cost. Just played a link-style course in Scotland. Will it come over? Will it transfer? I don't know, Mm. but it could be a little dark horse there. I like those sleepers, Brendan. Yeah. Kitayama's been playing uh, on P- the PGA Tour quite a well, bit, yeah. too. He's yeah, been but he's well. still he's in sleeper category, oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even no matter what he's in. He's, he's just proven himself. He's a, oh, he's, sure. He's not a name that people are that familiar with. Not a household but, name. But he is. He's he's trending. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I, I would just say that the lesser-known guy, though, there is, the, is Ju Hung Ken. First of all, sick name. Secondly, mm-hmm. this guy, he's 20 years old. He's fresh, 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 fresh. He had a solo three last week and a 23rd at the U.S. Open and a 17th at the AT&T Byron Nelson. So of the four tournaments he's played in, he's uh, done really well in three of them. So keep an eye out for that guy. Epic. And the tournament that Brennan is referring to keeping an eye out for is none other than the Open Championship. The Open. Also known as the British Open. It was the first 
major tournament in golf, played on St. Andrews, the old course, which is notoriously known as the world's oldest golf course. Absolutely epic. It's a showdown. I'm so excited. What a weekend. The old course at St. Andrews is a par 72. It's about 7,297 yards, and that makes it only about 350 yards longer than it was over a century ago. So the course still plays just about the same as it did. Not real uh, many changes there for the course. And the field is stacked. 156 players, top 70, ties making it in. I mean, come on. That's it. This place has aged gracefully. You have all of the new equipment. The ball's going way further. Sure. The drivers are way hotter off the face. Even irons are playing longer. And it seems like this course has endured. You can hit it a mile, but even still, the scores don't really change that much. Sure. It's endured the test of time. And that means that long drivers don't necessarily matter this week. No, the ball's going to be played along the ground a lot. We talk about our Texas wedge. Shout out to our Texas wedge. You were talking about that. Sam Burns, little respect there, and he will be in the field yeah. this week. Watch out playing, for that T wedge. You know, with the winds up, playing it along the ground is huge this week, and being able to judge how the ball releases and rolls out with each club is going to determine the winner. Who's going to bump and run it, baby? Maybe a you Kevin think Kizmer? so, though? Because I, I know there's a lot of holes where you can't bump and run it. There's, there's like, natural rolling hills that kind of impede the progress of the ball rolling onto the greens, right? Yeah. So it, it's yeah. kind of so like yeah, a, na- can't a really, natural barrier. But you got to keep it low. It's a modern game. So most of these guys, I, I'm, all the guys on the PGA Tour hit it basically straight up in the air, from what I'm told. I haven't been to a tour event in a while. <laughs> you could tell me about that, Brendan. But I feel like there's a lot more emphasis on flighting the ball. Maybe not exactly a bump and run, but controlling yeah, yeah. your trajectory and the release, just judging spin. Yeah. I guess that's every week, but it's going to be a big factor <laughs> no, this week. No, week. no, I, I hear what you guys are saying. I was playing a little devil advocate, being a little ass. No, I, I agree. And... I think a couple of guys that come to mind, especially when you're talking about that ball flight, first two guys that come to mind for me at least are JT and Joaquin Neiman. I feel like those yeah. those guys have great ball control. The way they flight their ball or the way they're able to change the flight of their ball definitely helps out with those windy type conditions. Yeah, two great pitches sure. this week. Yeah, those are two great highlights. I would say that too. And, and a guy like Tommy Fleetwood, a lot of control in his irons. That's, yeah. that's, that's a great player to pick for this kind of course, too. Very piercing ball flight. Yeah. It's just that's what it's going to be. Like Zach said, it's a very true link style course. I mean, it is the link style course, right? I mean, I would say this is the course that's one of the greatest. I mean, this is this the is home of golf, the home of golf. And talk about the course itself and, and what we're talking about here. I mean, it's all fescue and, and, and mixed grasses. And to mention that people have repeated wins. That says something. You really have to know the course. It's not just about, oh, can you be the best player in the world or, oh, can you be this? No, you have to know the course. Yeah, experience is going to play a huge factor as well. Being able to hit tee shots and knowing where those pop bunkers are, a lot of these rookies who are seeing it for the first time, that's going to be really challenging mentally when you rip a drive and you have to punch out backwards out of a pop bunker. Sure. Going to catch a lot of people off guard this week. Little Sam Burns might have a trouble out there. 
Yeah, it's not just like, oh, hey, I hit it, I hit my drive and it went in a divot, but I can still hack it out forward. These guys are going to be going backwards. And on link style golf, that's really a big hurdle is actually having to take a shot penalty when you're not in a hazard, you're not in a, a red staked area or talk about the importance something. of the out of bounds though. Because you, the out of bounds, it, it, the out of bounds is right there on the first hole and the 18th hole. You have that out of bounds right along the the right side, right, and you have all of the earth to the, to your left, so that plays into the psyche a lot. Sure, especially for us. Look, watching this as amateur players, we're thinking, "Oh man, like, okay, I'm just gonna rip it a hundred yards left." But for these guys, they're trying to put themselves in the best possible positions and. How many repetitions have they made? They're going to take the more aggressive lines and play to the positions where they have a chance at birdies. Period. Right. They're not just going to sit there and go, oh, I'm going to hit it this far. They need to make sure they're actually scoring and being up on their person who's right next to them, hitting the ball right as far as they do. It's a different level when you're out there. And, and it's just, you know, we think about it as amateurs and we're in a group usually. And sometimes you get lucky enough to play with one good golfer in a group or something like that who golfs well. You got to think you're in a group of guys who everybody is golfing lights out. Even if they're having a bad day, everybody's still in contention. It's like, that's a scary pressured field. That's a scary moment yeah. when you're on a really tough course like this. And on an easy course, it's whatever, because you can fight back and gain strokes and whatever. But on a tough course, once you lose it, you lose it. You're not swinging your way back, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. See what happens. Sure. This course is no stranger to special moments. I mean, we can talk about a big name everybody knows, Bobby Jones. Come on, I mean, who later founded Augusta? I mean, we're not we're not simpletons here, but he played St Andrews in the 1921 Open Championship, and that was where the Tin Cup story kind of came from. Was he notoriously hit his ball into the bunker on the 11th? Took him four swings to get the ball out. Still couldn't get it out. Lost his temper. Didn't return his scorecard. In you know, had a whole shit fest. And then basically six years later, he returns to the Open and, you know, not only wins, but becomes the first amateur to go back to back, one wire to wire, shooting a 285, which was 700 par, which was the lowest score at a U.S. or regular Open at the time. So, wow. I mean, he wound up ending the tournament with a six stroke victory. So, Legendary stuff from Bobby Jones. <laughs> Just that is, kind of that is legendary. setting the bar ridiculously high for any other golfer trying to come in there and make a storyline. Yeah, coming yeah. back from adversity like that is is really special. Yeah, he even said, uh, I think he said something to the extent of, you can't consider yourself a great golfer unless you've won the Open at St. Andrews. Wow. And, and that's, I think, like what Tiger's mantra is too. Because like, the, what was the joke I saw this week? They played a joke of something. It was like JT made a crack, and then Tiger was like, "Oh, you can talk about that when you've won an open or something like that." He said to him, and and, and he was like, "I was like, oh, yeah." <laughs> and Rory was speaking Dude, about it Tiger's today awesome. as well. I was just saying, Tiger's just awesome. Rory was speaking about the last day or two about how a golfer's career isn't complete without winning an open, especially at St Andrews. And I guess that's not to take away from anyone who's won an open at other places. I think Carnoustie, St. George's, 
sure. Port, Port Rush, where Lowry won. Yeah. All very special wins. Sure. But winning at the home of golf is kind of like winning the Masters for an American, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. It's of, of equal value. This sure. is a. a like imagine rare if Tommy one. Fleetwood won this. You know, that would be his creme. Yes. His creme de creme. Absolutely. There's there's extra, definitely extra pressure added to him this week. There's going to be a lot of drama out there. Sure. Runner up 2019 from Shane, too. It wasn't on that course, like you said, but still exciting. Challenging links course. Tommy Fleetwood plays well. Sure. Every time. And even to your point, though, Zach, I mean, you you brought up like Augusta to an American. I mean, Tiger Woods, I, I think when we think of Augusta, the Masters, it's like we correlate that with Tiger because we just feel like on any given day, Tiger can go out and, and win that tournament just because he knows the course so well. So you almost would think automatically that's Tiger's favorite course, but it's not. Like he's even gone out and said this year, the old course is his favorite course. And he's going to put everything he has in his body out there this week no matter what happens, how well he plays or not, he's going to go out there and give everything he has because he doesn't know when they're going to be coming back here. And this might be his last legitimate chance to play at a high level and have an opportunity to win. Brandon, I'll lead that question into with, if somebody gave you a free $1,000 to put on any golfer in this field this week and you could freely put $1,000 on the wild Tiger Woods odds of him winning, would you choose Tiger Woods? If you're giving me the money, fuck yeah. So if you could pick any golfer, if I gave you a thousand dollar check right now, you would put it all on Tiger. Oh man, I mean, well, it has to be all or nothing. Talking, you're talking crazy odds. So I mean, if the if the odds are astronomical and you're giving me free money, absolutely, it's his favorite course. He's going to go out there and, and give everything he has. I think of all the majors that we've played this year, this is the one that gives him the best chance. Just at least from a standpoint of. I don't think it, think his body will wear down like it did at you know Augusta or at Southern Hills. Right. It's a flat sure. course for the most part. <clears throat> Pretty um, flat, so, walkable, not super yeah. long. Yeah, I think that's going to be a trending pattern this week. I think you see a lot of experienced, seasoned golfers play well. I think you're going to see actual professionals hold their calm, know how to take on this course mentally, and break the game down. I think that's who's going to kind of keep themselves in contention. I'm looking at scramblers, guys like Kevin Kisner, even in the mix. I mean, he's a great value this week. I just think that there's a few guys that that can play real scramble golf, and that will they'll really put a, a number in this week. And I think that can be true for all these link style courses. It kind of really is a scramble game, like you were saying. Yeah, ability to recover is really important. You're going to find yourself in bunkers at some point during the week, thick grass, into the wind, short-sided, whatever. Yeah. And you're going to have to find a way out, like every major championship. But this one takes a lot of grit, a lot of determination, dealing with adverse conditions in that in that wind, in that rain, if you get that that draw. So what would a key to victory be for you, Zach? I really like scrambling. I also re- I I also think driving accuracy is going to be pretty important. Sure. You can't spray the ball all over the place because the bunkers are going to come into play. Like you said with a seasoned golfer, knowing the layout of this course, knowing the wind direction consistently is going to be huge for 
staying out of trouble and not getting too caught up in all the hazards that are hidden within the course. Sure. Yeah, which is ultimately going to just add to your to your score. Right. Unless you're Tiger Woods in 2000, who didn't hit a single bunker on his Ooh. way to a 1900 victory. Wow. That's polished. Maybe they should have added some length to the course after he shot 19 under. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest. That was probably uh, the greatest year of golf anyways with the Tiger Slam. But True. talking about keys to victory, man, I, I think a huge one this week is going to be putting and mo- more specifically oh, yeah. lag putting. Love that. Oh, lag I mean, putting on the, on the links course. Little yeah. Sally, little I mean, Brian you're, you're going to see – yeah, Zally, honestly, people harp on his putting. It's the short putting that hurts him. He's actually statistically one of the better long putters on tour. But the reason I bring that up is because we know these greens, for the most part, they are massive, right? And there's, like Zach says, there's opportunities to whip out a Texas wedge even when you're not on the green. So getting that, that initial putt or the, that chance that you take to use your putter getting as close as possible and leaving yourself with five to eight footer at max. I think that's going to be huge this week. So there's those guys that putt really well. I'm looking at them. Yeah, absolutely. Which we already talked about his name twice already. Tommy Fleetwood. Talk about a good little putter right there. Tommy Fleetwood. Got a hell of a putter. The pencil grip. The pencil grip. I I just think, like you said, it's the keys. I'll, I'll hark off both of what you guys said. It's driving accuracy. It's putting. It's, great ball trajectory and knowing how to control your shot and it's some scrambling. So really we're talking about all the keys. Really you got to be a great golfer for a hard course like this with no frills, no hills, no craziness. You really just need to play accurate, good golf. And I think patient golfers, veteran golfers will be the ones that kind of rise to the top. And then we're going to see the younger golfers kind of drop back a little bit this week, which is something we don't normally see. Normally we're seeing these younger guys compete right up at the top every week. Hopefully I don't eat my words and the guy that wins is young, but I don't know. Maybe we get a Sun JM or we get like a, a really hungry young golfer that comes in here with a lot of power and, and great putting and, and maybe starts to win it. Who knows? It really could be anybody's game. It's a magical place. Like you said, it has all these historic moments. Some of the greatest golfers in history have blessed this course with amazing victories. I, I think it's just uh, it's going to be one of those weekends that's just so special. Yeah, it feels like a like an equalizer playing this course, kind of like Augusta. You have sure. the older guys blending with the younger guys and competing together. So it could it really could go either way. Do you think the pairings matter in that sense? Then, like, who are people paired with? Do you think that matters in tournaments like this? With the comfort level, a bit, I think so. Yeah, and are they? They're not going to give. I mean, just some insight to the PGA. They're not going to give any information at all, right? Like, if two guys are golfing together having a good day, they're still playing against each other. Like, they're not going to be like, oh, do you see that shot over on that? Oh, look at that bunker over there. Like, they're not going to give any insight at all, right? I don't think so. Or would they chirp a little bit in between? No, I don't think you're going to see much. You're just zoned in. You don't care. Fuck you, and if your shots suck, go figure it out yourself. Yeah, these guys are tense. Good. These guys are tense. That's what we want to say. It's a St. Andrews Open. It's a St. Andrews Open. It's on. Zach Everyone is on. fiending for this win. This is it. This win is going to set you apart in the history books forever. 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 On the oldest course. Speaking of uh, groupings, I can't wait to see this one. You got Tiger Woods, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Max Homa. 
Wow. Oh, Max Home. When is playing that? with Woodsy. This podcast episode is brought to you by Denny's, America's Breakfast Eatery. You think you're going over to the UK to watch the Open this weekend? Oh, I'm cool. I'm going to go over and get some blood sausage and some weird, awkward tomato that's grilled and some nasty potatoes. Fuck that. This is America. I'm going to wake up on Sunday morning before watching the final, drive on over to my local Denny's, get a Grand Slam for $6, and take a bite of America. Denny's, get yours. Segwaying from all the madness, we have to get into the final portion of our podcast, the picks for the Open Championship. Now, Zach Grossman has been having a couple of shoddy weeks here on the picks, so he's let me and Brendan catch up. We are now only one win away from tying Zach at six wins for the season. It's getting close. I think I'm being a little easy on myself, saying I'm, I've been lukewarm. As of late. But so Zach being in. said has to go first here. Yeah. So Zach is so first. Kicking things picks. off. Kicking things off hot. I have I have two two players who are have been playing incredible golf. I'm really excited about my dark horse this week. He's not a winner, but he's fresh off of a great week at the Scottish Open. Love it. Jamie Donaldson. Played great at the Irish Open as well. He's sixty three hundred. Love him as a pick. He's a great European tour player. Good value. Another, uh, not another, another, but an Irishman that could do great this week, Seamus Power. Mm. Great value at 7,400. He's been having a great year in the majors. Sure has. Love that pick. Joaquin Neiman, a player that Brendan and I have been picking a lot recently. He's due for another good week. Great ball striker, flights every club in his bag to perfection. I love him. Tommy yeah. Fleetwood, another guy we were talking about a bit T earlier. T. Fleetwood on the lineup. Best hair in the league. That's all. Besides Ryan Sherman. Xander Shoffley. How do you not pick this guy this week? If he's not in all of our lineups, I'm going to have some questions for you guys. <laughs> and my winner, coming off of a U.S. Open victory, Matt Fitzpatrick. Ooh. I'm going for Mr. Two-Time. Wow, love it. This guy is incredibly hot right now. Sixth place at the Scottish, first at the U.S. Open. He plays in big moments with a lot of perseverance and integrity, and that shot he hit out of the bunker Ridiculous. at Brookline on 18. I'm sold. That's sold, yeah. That's sold. That did it. That did it for you. Wow. Yeah. Zach, that is a great lineup. I will say, if this that lineup doesn't do well this week, then fuck golf, because that's that's a crazy lineup. That's Thank you. Lineup. We'll see. I'm trying to come out of my slump. Whew. Who you guys got? Zach's trying to come out of the slump. I'm here trying to make a little forecast of myself. I want to hopefully bounce back from the week I had. That was not a hot week. I'm going to start it off here. My picks, all known names. No dark horses on the lineup here for me. I wanted to play it safe be honest and i think this really is a course where veteran knowledge is going to come in handy that being said i'll start my pick off with somebody who's not very much in veteran knowledge in a max homa i'll start it off with max homa he's just been on fire this year he's going to build off good finish last week and it's a good rebound for him to kind of come in and really make some noise he was playing great golf this year had his little duller moment and now he's just been playing some good rebound golf 
I think this is the tournament where he kind of really shows his stripes and, and beats his chest and lets everybody know, hey, I'm not just uh, some kid coming out here playing golf. I'm going to try to win the Open. He's pumped to play with Tiger, too. That's what I think. That's I think he's going to have a lot, a lot of energy. A lot of momentum. Exactly. Truth. Next up, I got somebody who Brendan would appreciate. Little Georgia boy. Shout out to Chris Kirk. He's had four top ten finishes this year. He's underrated and undervalued. Great putter. Great scramble. Drives accurate. I just think he's a hell of a pick for this week. Now I'm bringing in the big guns with a little Stuart Sink. Everybody call me crazy, but I just love Big Stu here. Past winner. He's had some top tens this year. Got a great showing in the Scottish. I just think that's some good momentum, and I think veteran knowledge is going to get it done. I've said it all day. It's going to continue. So Stuart Sink, big guns. Stuart Sink is aging well. Yeah. I like his chances. Brennan, you said he added some speed on his swing too? Yeah, recently added some speed on swing. That's why he's had an uptick in uh, how well he's been playing this year. Love it. Now we're getting to the heavy hitters of our lineup. Throwing a little Jordan Spieth. Past winner in 2017. Came in 10th in the Scottish Open last week. I just love him playing in majors. Honestly. I just love him when the competition's hot. I like it when the fish are biting. He's got a nice course to play on. Nothing too hilly. Nothing too crazy. Just has to work that putter. Come on. That's it. He's got the Open Championship under his belt. And Spieth and Lynx Golf. Man, that's like peanut butter and jelly. That's what I'm saying. And his 10th place last week he played so much better until the final round back nine he easily could have ended up winning that thing absolutely agreed then i'm throwing the next name in here our boy like zach said i don't want any trouble zach xander shoffley he's in my lineup oh i heard you loud and clear i wanted him to be i'm not uh, gonna fight against the grain here i think i think it's not a scotty scheffler scenario i think this is gonna be the real deal i think xander's on a fucking heater I think he's just going to go off again and at least get a top 10, just kind of really throw his name in all weekend and just be a factor. There's no way. With the yeah. hotness of the golf he's been playing, I couldn't imagine him doing anything less. I'm surprised he wasn't valued higher, honestly. Yeah. yeah. They're not giving him the shot on Link Style Golf, even though Re- he just wrecked yeah. it on Link Style Golf. What? Yeah. I don't get it. But we'll see. Disrespect. Disrespect. And then my winner... Got to give it to my boy. I think this is the true test. He finally takes it. Tommy Fleetwood. Oh, man. What I'm going straight English, straight English vibes. I mean, played fantastic golf at the Scottish Open. One of the best iron players. Putting's fantastic. You need all that shit at St. Andrews. I think this is something he's been waiting for. He's been waiting for this moment for so long. And now's the time. Tommy's been heating up. It's time for our boy. I would love to see a Tommy Fleetwood victory. You sick, man. I like his flow out there. I'd love to see it breezing around while he's holding up the Claret Jug. He's going to be like, Cam Smith, hold my mullet. <laughs> and he's going to go out there and win it. What would be Those sweet is a little Cam Smith Fleetwood playoff would be sweet. <sighs> Ooh. Now up to Brendan's picks. All right, man. I'm on a roll here. I'm going to try to keep this thing going. I want this major win this week, boys. I'm going to start mine off going right back to one of my picks from last week. I'm going Keith Mitchell. He's my dark horse here. I like his game. Again, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, Almost he's a Georgia him. boy, hometown kid. Fifth off the tee, 
He's a great putter. I think that's going to play really well for him this week. Going to make a lot of birdies. I like his game. He had a great week last week too, right? Yeah. Honestly, he's yeah. been playing outstanding golf when it comes to tournaments with, with big fields. So hoping that works out for me this week. Next, I got a little uh, old school. I'm going with one of these guys that just seems timeless, Adam Scott. I like oh, Adam man. Scott. Good pick. I feel like this sets up really nicely for him. He's a long hitter of the ball. I know you guys were saying long hitting, uh, or excuse me, long drives might not be a big factor this week, but, but I think it might. If they can keep it accurate, I think long hitters could have an advantage this week, to be honest. Okay. And okay. top it off, he's great on approach. He's 33rd, and he's 38th on tour and putting. I like his all-around game. Damn. Next, Sherm, I hear you, man. Two weeks in a row. Max Homa, what's going on with this dude? Why is his cost so low? Yeah, I don't get it. Mr. Undervalue. Mr. Undervalue, man. He's 13th on tour in strokes gained total. He's 23rd tee to green. Why, why are we not picking this guy weekly? Oh, wait, I am. <laughs> You're going to notice a trend in Brendan's picks, okay? He's liking Max Homa. <laughs> we all are. Next. Sure, I'm with you again, my man. Tommy Fleetwood. Let's go. How can I wow. not pick this guy? We got three Tommy Fleetwoods out there. Let's go. The trifecta. Yeah, multiple top tens and majors this year. He's a link style god, right? I mean, it suits him really well. Plays well through the wind. He's a nice putter. I think this course suits him really well. Next, I'm going to go back to down under, dude. I like Cam Smith this week. It might be a little risky. I know off the tee, not a super accurate driver of the ball, but I love his approach game. He's awesome around the green, and he's one of the best putters there is on tour. We talked about lag putting. I think that's going to be a big factor this week. So if he gives himself opportunities, I see him flying up the leaderboard and putting himself in major contention once again. I got to go back to him. Picked him a couple times this year. Hasn't worked out, but he's had numerous top fives. Been in contention countless times. So almost seems like every week. Going Shane Lowry. I knew Brendan was wow. going to pick Shane Lowry to win it. Shane Typical. Lowry. That would be hey, incredible if, if he could get a second at a different Lowry course. Jug. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. His yeah, celebration. He, he, his celebration at Port Rush was epic. I'd love to see another celebration. <laughs> round two is going to be better than round one. Epic. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for it. I really am. I mean, I, I think the course just sets up really well for this guy. He's long and accurate off the tee. He's eighth on approach. He's good around the green, and he's 36 uh, on tour and putting. I just feel like he's super well-rounded. He's been playing really well lately. I mean, even at the J.P. McManus, he played well. His team did incredible. He played in the, I think his team actually won the Champions Four Hole tournament that they just recently held. So he's been out on the course, and I, I think this, this week is going to be big for my man, Big Shane Lowry. Epic. Yeah. Did you guys know that basically golf became so popular in Scotland that – James II banned the game in 1457 because men were golfing too much instead of practicing military skills like archery and such. So they banned the game. 
and then it was in full force until 1502 when James IV became an avid golfer and then lifted the ban. Wow. Nice little history tidbit for you there to end the episode. Very interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. And that concludes another episode of Good Lies Golf. Cheers. <laughs>